Hey folks, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the show. Today's interview, I have Dr. Thomas Levy, who is someone I've admired for years in the medical field and whose work I've learned a great deal from. So it's an honor to have him on the podcast today. Dr. Levy is a board certified cardiologist. And after practicing adult cardiology for 15 years, he began to research the toxicity associated with a lot of dental work. And, and as well as the um, amazing ability of properly administered vitamin C to neutralize this toxicity. So he's now written over 13 books with several addressing the wide ranging properties of vitamin C in neutralizing toxins and resolving most infections, which is really vital in today's day and age, and also vitamin C's effective treatment of heart disease and cancer. Um, so he was recently induced into the Orthomolecular Hall of Fame, and his research has absolutely been uh, amazing and life-saving for so many people around the world. So I am so happy to have you on the show today, Dr. Levy. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Pleased to be here, Ryan. So we're going to be highlighting a lot <laughs> of the information in your latest book called Rapid Virus Recovery, which you are graciously giving away for free. I downloaded it downloaded it recently, a few days ago, uh, and I encourage everyone to do the same because this is packed with actionable strategies on protocols for hydrogen peroxide nebulization, which we're going to get into, uh, and has a whole bunch of other things, it's, you know, everything from healing leaky gut to other nutrients like vitamin D and magnesium and vitamin C. Uh, so I just found it to be chocked full of actionable strategies and information, and I absolutely loved reading it. So that's really, really generous and kind of you to put out that amount of work. So I know how much work goes into writing a book like that, Dr. Levy, uh, absolutely for free. Uh, what made you decide not to charge for the book? Well, without trying to sound too noble or altruistic, the primary purpose of the book is to end the pandemic. And you're not going to end the pandemic if you just want to put it in the hands of a few people who can buy your book. But as it turns out, uh, altruism pays because by giving away the book, there's over 70,000 downloads now. The physical co copy of the book on Amazon is, is selling better than any other book I ever had. So I guess one thing, one thing facilitates the other because obviously if you give away something that people are interested in, it certainly um, puts you on their map, so to speak. So, uh, but it's a lot of feedback. And I gotta say this, uh, cause you mentioned it just a moment ago. <clears throat> Although the primary purpose is to end the pandemic, and if applied, I have absolutely no doubt it would. It's just uh, getting to the application, but it could easily have been two books. One was to end the pandemic, and the other was because, for a number of reasons I guess we can get into, the peroxide nebulization, along with a few other specific intervention, and I might not have said this a year ago because I was still accumulating evidence, but now I have no doubt for myself, I mean, I don't have a double-blind placebo-controlled trial, but I have no doubt for myself that most of the people who would initiate this protocol would, would develop the most normal bowel function in their lives, even if they had long-standing problems with leaky gut, gluten sensitivity, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, and even some of the more vicious syndromes like Crohn's disease, or uh, <clears throat> celiac disease or chronic ulcerative colitis because all of that is caused by swallowing pathogens and toxins. And when you stop swallowing pathogens and toxins, your gut normalizes rapidly. And I say rapidly too, because I think a lot of people and docs don't realize is that the cells that protect your you from absorbing um, abnormally large nutrients and proteins whole, you know, getting across a leaky gut, <clears throat> the cells that have that tight binding turn over every two to three days. So when you have a leaky gut, you don't so much have a chronic problem as you have a chronic acutely damaging problem. In other words, it's brand new damage on a daily basis that keeps a leaky gut leaky. That is a really good distinction there. And so do you think the main mechanism for this protocol is really knocking out the different pathogens, you know, different 
fungal overgrowths and different bacteria overgrowths and things of that nature through the hydrogen peroxide? Absolutely. No question, uh, no question in my mind about it. Uh, absolutely. And uh, once you normalize the microbiome in your gut, then you stop the contribution that that microbiome was making to the leaky gut as well. So it all, it all interacts so completely. And, and, and so one, uh, real quick, ahead. one question here, because your protocol is nebulizing hydrogen peroxide. So for anyone that's not familiar, that's essentially breathing it into the lungs, not mm -hmm. administering it orally. You're not drinking the hydrogen peroxide, but even though you're just breathing it, is it because it's going systemically in the blood that it's having these effects on the gut? No, not really. Uh, as, as is explained in the book, we have, there is an entity known as chronic pathogen colonization. And when pathogens have been around for not too much more than 24 to 48 hours, they develop biofilms and the biofilms protect them from being eradicated. So <clears throat> anytime you've had a cold or flu, uh, anytime you've had infected gums or teeth, continuing to seed pathogens on your nose, sinuses, throat, your aerodigestive tract, these things, while they don't proliferate wildly like an acute infection, they nevertheless grow at a steady state rate. And literally, like the young people like to say, 24-7, you're swallowing pathogens and you're swallowing toxins. Now, <clears throat> this is important because this is not realized as well. And that is that all disease, 100% of disease anywhere in the body is caused by increased oxidation an increased amount of biomolecules are oxidized. And the things that cause oxidation are toxins. All toxins are pro-oxidant. And the toxins, as they die and break down, produce toxins. And furthermore, when a pathogen dies, it releases a large amount of iron, which is also highly toxic. So you have a multifactorial mechanism by which even when you're feeling normal, in your nose and throat and mouth, not necessarily feeling like you have a cold. Even when you're feeling normal, the vast majority of people have a chronic pathogen colonization and it doesn't take a lot of nebulization, but uh, the nebulization quickly brings that under control or eliminates it completely. And the daily bombardment of your gut with new, new pathogens and new toxins stops and like any area of the body where they have rapidly replicating cells, and the gut is one of those, the cells replicate very rapidly, old chronic damage is quickly eliminated and new cells come into place. And if you let the new cells proliferate without re-poisoning them with new toxins and new pathogens, the gut function just springs back to life. And this applies to all pathogens. I mean, I've already had uh, in one, one prominent individual, a good friend, a physician, uh, uh, had positive urine tests for fungi. And when he started doing this, that all disappeared. Wow. Okay, so uh, it, it applies to all the bugs. That's absolutely incredible. And it doesn't have a deleterious effect on the healthy microbes. Is that correct? Because we want a balance of healthy you know, bacteria and different microbes in the mouth, in the you know, GI tract. So is that is it having a mechanism where it's not damaging the good guys, so to say? Well, it's, it's multifactorial. Number one is pathogens more than regular bugs accumulate iron and iron allows them to be targeted by the peroxide. But I'm not gonna say peroxide directly against any microbe might not kill it. It just kills the pathogens much more efficiently. Got it. So you knock out the pathogens and some of the normal, but you knocked out the pathogens and then the normal are free to recolonize. This is an absolute game changer because while it is highly effective as even just a you know, monotherapy where it's the only therapeutic intervention for viruses like COVID-19, what you're also suggesting is its ability to knock out so many problematic gut issues that people suffer from because this runs rampant you know people have much more concern from the, at least the the demographic i work with of you know loose stool bloating and gas after meals having different gi issues than they than they worry about covid with a you know massively high percentage of recovery rate uh, especially for young individuals so this is absolutely incredible and i'd love to dive into 
some more practical strategies to implement this therapy because sure. real quick, all of these are outlined beautifully in these different charts and really well written in your book uh, that I highly encourage everyone to go uh, download or buy the physical one on Amazon um, because that's you know rapid virus recovery. It's absolutely phenomenal. But to give people- an and, if, and if they know a politician, let the politician know too. I mean, yes. the idea is to get the word out, not just to help a handful of people that- stumble across the book, but that's why it's free. The internet gets it anywhere on the planet in a microsecond. So let people know, not all politicians really care about us, but I'm not gonna say they all that way. There are a few that care and we need, we need to make sure that the ones that really care have this information. 100% and I'll do my best to get it out there uh, for people listening in. And so Let's back up a second and kind of talk about the protocol for nebulizing hydrogen peroxide. So from my understanding, you could just go to the store and buy a standard 3% solution, the same type you would use for first aid kits. Is that correct? You know, to wash sure. out wounds? Absolutely. The, the, the point there is they do have <clears throat> stabilizers added to that so that it doesn't degrade as rapidly versus... Uh, pharmacological or food grade forms that really don't have anything there in there except the peroxide. And I'm not gonna tell you it's not better to have something that's more pure, absolutely. So if you read the book and you decide you're going to incorporate some type of nebulization intermittently as a lifelong habit, which I would recommend, uh, sure, it's best to take the time and pay the extra money and get what's called a food grade hydrogen peroxide. But for goodness sakes, if you're in the middle of having a cold or a flu or COVID or whatever, don't be sitting there waiting for your food grade hydrogen peroxide to arrive when you can go get your $56, 56 cent bottle of hydrogen peroxide at Walmart and knock the son of a gun out. Yeah, and so I bought some food grade hydrogen peroxide prior to this interview. Uh, I'll link up in the show notes. It was a whole bottle of this stuff, 3% for nine or $10. So it's very affordable, even the high quality stuff. And then the other component, in addition to the H2O2, people are going to need a nebulizer. And so these are also very affordable. It's a one-time purchase. And, you know, from my understanding, it could be the same nebulizer for, you know, your, your spouse or your family. And that's going to be, you know, again, something you could just buy on Amazon for in the neighborhood of, 30 to $50. Exactly. Uh, and if you take care of it, it'll last you a long, long time. So I'll mm -hmm. also link up the nebulizer that I you know, came across with your work um, in addition to the hydrogen peroxide. And those are really the only two things you need for this therapy. Is that, is that about accurate? Right. Al along with, of course, the proper attachments, you know, you're saying certainly how a nebulizer can be shared by the whole family. And it's good if each member of the family doesn't even need their own their own tube. They just need their own connector, nebulizer and connector mask and that sort of thing. Okay. And people, people will say, well, what, what type should I buy? What brand? What do you recommend? Well, the nebulizers are just simple air compressor, air pumps, you know, so different companies, they look a little different. Maybe they have a feature that's a little more convenient, but they're just air pumps. So, um, any brand, I have no particular brand that I recommend one air pump over the other. Now, some of them are smaller, more compact. You can travel with them easier. <clears throat> so if those are things that factor into your individual scenario, then that's fine. Now, they make little handheld nebulizers that have a different nebulization mechanism. They're called ultrasonic mesh nebulizers. And when they work well, they work well, but they're, they're a little temperamental, number one. Uh, and they really require a lot of maintenance and they tend to break down easily. Okay. But let's say you're a professional and you're still traveling a lot and, and you want to uh, take a quick treatment in the, in the bathroom at the airport or something like that. Well then, you know, take your little handheld with you. But, but for the most part, you know, I would tell people just to go with the regular tabletop air compressor, air pump type nebulizer uh, it requires little, little to no maintenance, just, just rinsing off the mask. Got it. Okay. So I want to get into the protocols, which again, people could find in the book, but I'd like to share with the listeners. So for someone that's asymptomatic, 
healthy individual just looking to experiment with this therapy for pro prophylactic use, just to have you know general health benefits that you speak about, knock out any pathogens that they may not be aware of, that may not be causing symptoms. What's the frequency and duration that you would suggest for the nebulized hydrogen peroxide? Well, <clears throat> I think for somebody who feels well, uh, it's probably a good idea to do it once a week. Okay. Okay. I say feels well and has no bowel issues at all. They just, they're just the champion of normal bowel movements. Okay. Now, now there's not many people no. that fall into that category. So uh, that's already, but, but if you're young and everything's fine, I, I think once a week is fine. And for uh, how the, the other thing depends on your, your situation, your profession, I mean, for example, I tell dentists, and I talk to a lot of dentists because I've written some books about dental issues, and we're talking about infections in the mouth. So I've talked to many dentists, and I say, look, if, if I had my face two feet away from eight to 15 other faces for eight hours a day, I would nebulize every day. Okay, in other words, I mean, a dentist more than anybody else I know of is exposed to new airborne pathogens the entire time they're at the office. So I would say, you know, but, but, not, but if you're feeling well, not overdoing it, just doing a nebulization at the end of the day, uh, sit down at your desk, nebulize for uh, four or five minutes tops, and you're fine, okay? And nothing, nothing's gonna take hold uh, when, you, when you hit it in the developmental stage. Even then, <laughs> once you start develop symptoms, it's incredible how quickly it works. So length of treatment, you said four or five minutes, but I also read in your book, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of sitting there breathing through this nebulizer. Uh, so what does that depend on? Is that, is there, you know, that all depends on symptom resolution. I, I'm glad you brought that point up because I wrote another article following since rapid virus recovery on the orthomolecular medicine news service, uh, orthomolecular.org, I believe. And uh, I have a lot of family in Columbia, South America, and over a year and a half ago, uh, I went to South America. This was before the pandemic, and a, a friend of my wife had a pretty bad cold. It was coughing, 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 and I was already using the nebulization long before the pandemic just for my own general health, to stop getting bugs when I traveled. I was, I've always been pretty susceptible, personally. And I had all that with me and all I had was a bottle of peroxide and my nebulizer. I said, here, do the nebulization. Well, she practically stopped coughing completely in a couple of minutes after nebulizing, which was by itself was amazing. And the next day she needed another treatment and she was fine. And then she told me, well, I got a lot of, a lot of sick family members. I said, I tell you what, it's not a big expense. Keep the nebulizer, keep the mask, keep the peroxide. So being a very bright, intelligent young lady, she and I periodically had some email contacts. So I said, you know, you run across somebody with COVID, offer it to them. Long story short, she treated 20 COVID patients <clears throat> at her house. Most of them advanced COVID with severe shortness of breath. Now, when you're severely short of breath with COVID, you're close to being dead. You're, you're a few minutes to an hour to maybe a day away from dying from mm -hmm. respiratory insufficiency. So these were the patients she did this with. Nearly all of them started feeling better within a minute or two of the first nebulization. And here's the kicker. By her own feedback, she decided she was gonna do the full 3% peroxide for half an hour, three times a day, okay? She did that and she did it for five days and 20 out of 20 advanced COVID patients were completely cured with this hydrogen peroxide nebulization approach as a monotherapy. Wow. So that's how big this is. <clears throat> now, you know, and that's because that's all there was. I'm not telling anybody, if you have ozone, take it. If you have high, if you have uh, vitamin C, take it. If you have hyperbaric oxygen, get in the tank. You know, if, if, uh, if you have ivermectin, hydrochloro, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine, take it, take it, take it. Those are all good. There are a dozen different ways to cure COVID and to cure 
any acute respiratory viral syndrome. But again, the purpose of the book was what? Eradicate the pandemic. We're not gonna eradicate the pandemic if I talk about a lot of stuff that 90% of the world population has no access to. Virtually the entire world can get access to hydrogen peroxide. And even if they can't get access to a nebulizer, they can put the peroxide in a perfume atomizer and spray down their throat as they inhale, and that's going to do it most of the time. So the important thing is the peroxide and getting it where it needs to go. And really, I can't think of anywhere on the planet where peroxide is not available. That's what I love so much about this therapy is it's cheap, it's effective, and it's accessible. And that's not necessarily the case with ozone or, no. hy or hyperbaric oxygen. You know, you need to go to a clinic or you need to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for the equipment. Whereas this is, you know, $50 out the door for yeah. everything you need, maybe less. Those and are all fabulous therapies, but availability yeah. is the important part. It precisely, precisely. So I know with, you know, things like ozone being an oxidative therapy, you can overdo it. And I'm curious to hear your input on kind of the upper limit for nebulized <clears throat> hydrogen peroxide to make sure you're not overdoing it. Because I have a lot of listeners that you know, love to go all out and it's not always more is better necessarily. So can you speak on kind of the, the upper limits of what you would use for this? Sure. Uh, you know, 3% was chosen because that's the solution in the standard, that's the concentration in the standard bottle. That's not necessarily saying it's the optimal concentration, but it's the starting concentration. And I'm not saying starting in terms of increasing, I'm saying starting in terms of decreasing. Okay, you'll, you'll always get the job done with 3%, but some people are sensitive. Uh, and since what the hydrogen peroxide doing is, is inducing oxidation of the pathogens, when there are no pathogens or very few pathogens are pre present, it starts oxidizing normal mucosal tissue, which is not horrible, except that it's a little burning, a little irritation, a little sneezing, a little soreness in the throat. You shouldn't have to deal with those type of symptoms. So everybody can adjust out. They can dilute 50%. They can dilute 90%. You can use water, but it's probably a little bit better to dilute with normal saline because saline is a much easier on the mucosal surfaces inside the aerodigestive tract, whereas just water uh, can induce more of a cough. Okay, so but but if you just have water, don't 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 neglect, don't uh, fail to use that. That's fine. So anyway, you do it based on. Oh, good. Going back to my friend in Colombia, uh, a whole bunch of the really sick ones commented immediately that it was burning their nose and this out of the other. And, and she said, and my friend said, well, we can dilute it down. And said, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's working. Don't, I'm breathing better. So, you know, let it be. So, so they, they intuitively knew that they wanted to get as much killing power early on. And in fact, the last three days of everybody's nebulization, she diluted it way down to finish up the nebulization track. So you do it based on what you're dealing with, symptomatology. Uh, you use a little common sense, and I don't want to don't want to uh, uh, sound too cynical, but some people need to pull back the reins and use a little bit of common sense if something is causing you to sneeze and burning your nose and burning your throat. Several people say, oh, I got, I lost my voice for a period of time. Well, you don't lose your voice just like that. You lose your voice when it starts to irritate and you keep on going, 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 going. So, you know, I can't be in a hundred million households at the same time. People have to use a little bit of common sense. It will work at lower concentrations but logically it's not going to work as fast. So people can go back and forth between what I feel I need, how quickly I want to get over something. But let me tell you, I mean, we did 3%, 1.5%, 1%, 0.5%. They all work very well, okay? And even the 0.5% is going to get you over your acute syndrome probably in 24 hours, whereas the 3% might do it in two hours. Got it. And so for one, one last question on the protocol side of things, and then we'll move on because I want to talk about a couple other things. 
with someone that does have the GI issues that you mentioned, you know, their bowel movements are not spectacular. They want to try this therapy for that application, which is, I think, going to be a large percentage of people listening in. Is that once a day for 10 or 15 minutes? What's a general range you would suggest for that? You know, I, the, the first thing to do is you just have to do it daily for a while and see okay. what happens. My personal experience, which has been reproduced by a few colleagues of mine. I mean, like I said, I don't have this big series to show you, but my personal experience was the first time I, <laughs> I nebulized with the peroxide the next morning, like 12 hours later, I had, and I'm 70 now, I had the most perfect, well-formed, satisfying bowel movement of my life. That's how quick you can see it. Now, the converse of that is, at least for me. So I'm throwing the suggestion out there and people can become attuned to their own bodies and there is just like the gut can improve, the gut can deteriorate. So pathogen colonization, low grade can come back fairly easily because you are inhaling pathogens with every breath that you take. Okay, it's all a matter of concentration and duration, etc. Well, I would find that when I went three or four days and didn't nebulize, well, then the bowels weren't so great. So the bowels actually became my barometer. So for me, once every other day, once every day to once every other day works best, okay? And your barometer is your bowel movement, okay? If, if you're not having any effect at all on the bowel movement, well then uh, just stick with it for uh, dealing with acute infections or stick with it for the idea that you're still swallowing less pathogens, which is going to be good for your health in general. But my, my, I've had, I had a couple doctors get back to me and they had individuals who had chronic irritable bowel syndrome for over a decade. And in a week, both of them had never experienced bowel movements that normal in their life. So I think therapeutically, this could be far and away the most important application of peroxide nebulization, along with realizing <clears throat> how much disease is caused by chronic pathogen colonization. Because the chronic pathogens are not only swallowed, they're initially seeded by infected gums and teeth, which get into your blood and lymphatic system and seed to your body that way. So really, and I outlined this in the book as well, a strong case can be made to show that not only are all diseases caused by increased numbers of oxidized biomolecules, but the only reason that powerful antioxidant therapy can't cure your chronic disease is because that chronic disease continues to have a new seeding pathogens into the tissues uh, uh, around the clock. I mean, they've identified periodontal oral pathogens in Alzheimer's tissue. They've identified the same pathogens in the lining of the coronary arteries for people that get heart attacks. Uh, same thing for breast lumps and breast cancers and cancers elsewhere in the body. I mean, we're literally, well, again, and this is in the book too, disease gums are literally linked and arguably causes of virtually every disease in the body. And if they don't primarily cause it, they aggravate it and make it worse. That's why very recently, you know, a lot of people don't like a lot of detail. Okay. And I can sit down there and I can give you a 20 point plan for what I consider to bring you back to perfect health and maintain your perfect health. And people might plan it, but they're not going to do it. Okay. They're not going to do it. So for those out there who really want minimalist for maximal impact, Two things, regular peroxide nebulization at a comfortable concentration and water picking your gums with water and a dilute solution of hydrogen peroxide keeps those gums normal. And when your gums are normal, your teeth don't get infected. And when the teeth don't get infected, the tonsils don't get infected and the sinuses don't get infected either. And when you can keep pathogens out of your head and oral cavity, you're going to stay healthy. And what dilution would that be for the water pick solution? 
Yeah, it's uh, they have a little the little tank. So you you it's like a couple cups of water or or salt water, saline too, saline or regular water, and just a tablespoon or two of regular three percent peroxide. <clears throat> Got it. That's going to be very helpful because I've been a huge proponent of the water flossing opposed to using actual floss for the surface area that it cleans, the less irritation on the gums, less bleeding of the gums. Uh, so using that solution just adds the benefits. I mean, and it's, it's so commonsensical. Like if you get your hands dirty, how do you clean them? Do you scrape the dirt off or do you get some water and wash it off? I mean, it's, it's really yeah. a no brainer without yeah. trying to insult anybody. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, one last question on the perox uh, hydrogen peroxide nebulization. Do you know if this would be an appropriate therapy for someone with mold exposure who's been breathing in mycotoxins and mold spores environmentally? Absolutely. For both, <clears throat> for both the fact that it will help normalize the gut where a lot of the mold proliferates and stays in your system. And also peroxide is just as effective uh, well, let me not say just as effective. It's highly effective against uh, molds and other pathogens as well. I just uh, qualified it by saying uh, nearly as effective because the slower a pathogen grows, uh, the less rapid <clears throat> something will, will infect it. But, but by the same token, the fungi, just like the uh, bacteria, just like the viruses, uh, they all succumb to the uh, increased activity of what's called the fentanyl reaction inside the cells, which basically cause uh, the pathogens basically to blow up, explode and, and, and eliminate. But uh, it's all access, okay? So matter of fact, um, any respiratory disease, not only peroxide, the, uh, nebulization is a one of the oldest and most underutilized types of therapies on the planet. It's been around since ancient times in one form or another. But what, it just doesn't generate a lot of money. Uh, even when you use a prescription drug with it, it doesn't generate a lot of money. Okay, you don't need a nurse to set up an IV, to monitor the IV, put you on an IV pump, this out of the other. No, if you're not using the peroxide, there are a lot of prescription drugs that do much better nebulized, even antibiotics, and guess what, even chemotherapy. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating chemotherapy. Don't anybody interpret that for a second. <clears throat> but if you have a lung cancer, I think you're better off just delivering the chemotherapy to where the cancer is rather than spreading it out throughout your entire body. Uh, and uh, so you, you attack things where they are uh, and it's just such a vastly underused therapy. And it does have systemic effects too, but with much less side effects because you're using much lower amounts of an agent uh, that have, might have potential side effects. And I'm talking about other things, not peroxide. I cannot wait to start utilizing this therapy with patients I work with because uh, I really help a lot of people with GI issues and mold exposure and all sorts of things, fungal overgrowth. And please send me, send me feedback. I, want I, ab I absolutely will, Dr. Levy. This is going to be a game changer. So switching gears, I know you have an extensive background working with vitamin C, and I'd love to, for you to expand just a little bit about your journey, your background from conventional trained medical doctor to getting into more of the natural health and, and with such a focus on vitamin C therapy. Well, about 25 years ago, I was a mainstream, quote unquote, normal cardiologist. And I met Dr. Hal Huggins, who's probably really the first truly biological dentist on the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, and he had a clinic in Colorado Springs. People came in from around the world, did a two week protocol, getting dental toxins out, mercury, infections, uh, infected implants, you name it. Then went on a program of a diet and a program of supplementations monitored with repeated blood work to see how everything was impacting it. And uh, to make a long story a little short, uh, he got to know me. I got to know him. And he said, why don't you come by and see what we're doing? And <laughs> what an experience that was. 
And the vitamin C came into play when I saw this little old lady that was in a wheelchair. And I might add, I did personally see, I'm not saying this happened all the time. I did not, I personally saw a few individuals with multiple sclerosis take their first steps in years after the end of the two week protocol. So that was pretty profound in and of itself to see the effect of overwhelming toxicity and infections in the mouth. But the vitamin C came into play when I saw this little old lady get three hours of arduous dental work, extractions, everything else. And as time went on, she became more and more and more animated rather than more and more and more sick. And by the time she finished, she was asking her caregiver, you know, let's go out to eat tonight. I wanna, I'm hungry. And I, I, just, I just started scratching my head. I said, something does not compute here. And I looked at Hal. I said, Hal, what's going on? All right, tell me. And he pointed at the IV. I said, all right, Hal, it's an IV. He said, well, it's what's in the IV that counts. I said, okay, Hal, I'll bite. Uh, Dr. Huggins was a very sarcastic person, but I loved it. And he said, it's got 50 grams of vitamin C in it. And that just completely ambushed me from left field. I had no idea vitamin C had a role in anything other than just being a generally healthy substance. But I'm not in the habit of denying what I witness. And that precipitated my, my ongoing research. And probably about five years later, I wrote my first book on vitamin C. And, and really, as wonderful as what Dr. Huggins did, it was only the tip of the iceberg as to the things that vitamin C has done and can do. That's absolutely incredible story. And with vitamin C, can you just explain the vital role that plays in supporting sure. our immune system and just promoting good health in, in humans? The first thing before you see the ro important role vitamin C plays is you need to appreciate the important role that oxidation plays in disease. Now, you see a lot of literature that sees there's increased oxidative stress in this disease, increased oxidation causes that disease. And that's true, but it doesn't really address precisely what's going on. By that, I mean, to my knowledge, most docs, most people think that if they have a certain disease, the cells in that affected tissue are diseased. They have some, they have Alzheimer's, they have Parkinson's, they have, well, no, all those cells have is a unique array of biomolecules that have been oxidized. Different concentrations, different locations, enzymes, nucleic acids, when they're oxidized, they lose electrons. When they lose electrons, they lose their normal function. So it's the degree to which you, use, you lose the normal function of a unique array of biomolecules that you have a unique disease. That's what caused, so oxidation doesn't cause disease. Oxidation is disease. That's an important differentiation. So with that in mind, you repair tissue by reversing oxidation. Reversing oxidation is with an antioxidant like vitamin C, but there are many others. The vitamin C donates the electron and that biomolecule regains its normal function. So if you do that to enough biomolecules in enough locations, you either get marked improvement in disease or in some diseases you get resolution of the disease. Vitamin C is uniquely qualified to perform this task better than any other antioxidant because it's a tiny molecule structurally similar to glucose. And in fact, in other animals, it's derived from glucose by a sequence of enzyme enzymatic reactions. And because of that design, it piggybacks and uses the glucose transporters throughout the body. Now, there's no cell in the body that can get by without glucose. So if there's a glucose transporter there, vitamin C can use it. So vitamin C gains access to every cell in your body. That combined with the fact that vitamin C can donate two electrons per vitamin C molecule rather than one. And the fact that it gets everywhere in the body and the fact that it readily regenerates other antioxidants, all of that goes into the fact that literally makes 
vitamin C, and this is not uh, a metaphor, it literally is the fuel on which every cell in your body runs because your biomolecules run on electrons and vitamin C is your primary source of electrons uh, on a daily basis. Now, what is your favorite form of vitamin C? Because they have all sorts of different, you know, mineral ascorbates. Some people say you got to steer clear of the ascorbic acid and go for, you know, food derived, like from camu camu powder. I'm just curious to get your perspective on this. My favorite form, uh, and I've been with this company for 15 years. They introduced me to the concept. I was very cynical at the time is liposome encapsulated vitamin C. However, this company, Live On Labs, has been so wildly successful that, I mean, I can't count the number of pretenders that have come out and produced fraudulent liposome products. So I'm going to tell you liposomes are the best, but I'm also going to tell you that while there may be a handful of other companies that make quality liposome products, the only company I have personal confidence in is Live On because I know how they produce them, their testing and their checking, et cetera. So liposomes with that, with that proviso. Uh, intravenous is wonderful. Ascorbyl palmitate is good under certain circumstances where you want the vitamin C to get into fatty tissues. And there's something else out there um, that my colleague, Dr. Ron Honeyhacky and I evaluated. Uh, it's not been talked about a lot, but uh, compared to the other animals, remember I said vitamin C is synthesized from glucose, mostly in the animals because we lost the enzymes. Well, we did and we didn't. It appears to be an epigenetic defect, not a fixed defect so that it can't be done, but a reading defect. And as it turns out, certain nutrients called polyphenols are able to correct this reading error. And yes, some people, by my observation, by what I saw in myself, by what I saw in my colleague, Dr. Honey Hackey, because we measured vitamin C levels by blood, is that there's a polyphenol out there that allows many people, I can't give you what percentage, but I can say of the people that we studied, it was a high percentage, to start making their own vitamin C internally. Wow. And it's called Formula 216, and that's the website is www.formula216. And probably the definitive thing in my mind that did it is all challenges are pro-oxidant in nature, toxins or other products. Anything that's going to put you down is pro-oxidant or toxic in nature. Well, if you're not making vitamin C, if you just have a fixed amount of vitamin C in your blood, and you get a huge toxin exposure, infection, mercury, lead, whatever, <clears throat> what's going to happen to that level? It's just going to drop. You're going to use up the vitamin C that's there, and you can't produce any more. What happens when your liver can produce vitamin C and you have a toxic challenge? Rather than go down, the level goes up. So very easy to see. And my colleague and I, we did our challenge with alcohol. We both chose our favorite alcohol, got comfortable at his house, got reasonably drunk, and then had a nurse from the clinic come draw our blood for vitamin C. And the vitamin C shot up and stayed elevated for 24 hours before it came back down to the pre-alcohol indulgence levels. And of course, alcohol, I'm taking as a socially acceptable and available toxin. There's no question, alcohol is a toxin, it's a pro-oxidant, it uses up vitamin C, and when we took a large amount of it inside our bodies, our vitamin C levels did not drop, but they rose. This is fascinating. So this Formula 216 is a product you take on a daily basis, and yeah. you, you don't take any actual vitamin C. You know, the creator of the product put a little vitamin C in there and I think it was a bad idea because it confuses people, but he wanted to make sure that if it didn't stimulate vitamin C in a given person, they were still getting some. 
but the amount of vitamin C that's in it doesn't come close to the amounts of vitamin C that I just described that respond to a toxic, toxic uh, insult. So, so yes, you'll see a few hundred milligrams of vitamin C along with some other things inside the product, but that's not what's doing the trick. Got it. Yeah, it looks like I, I have the product pulled up, the bioflavonoid complex, uh, some resveratrol, some olive leaf extract, all great uh, nutrients in and of themselves. Really fascinating that it enables the body to produce its own vitamin C. I'm going to have to start tinkering with this because uh, that's really quite, quite miraculous because uh, your body does know best when it needs more and when it doesn't need as much. And so that's kind of giving it your innate intelligence control the wheel saying, here's the raw materials, do what you need to do. I can never prove it, but I told you what, what, what my friend and I show with the blood levels. And there've been a couple of times where I've had a challenge, felt bad for a half an hour and then felt great. So, I mean, it, it, it really seemed to me like I had a big viral challenge. And as soon as the viral titer got high enough, the vitamin C production kicked in and it was uh goodbye virus. Moving on from vitamin C, I'd love to talk about magnesium. Uh, I absolutely love this as one of the most important minerals of our bodies. And so can you, can you summarize the need for this particular mineral and, you know, the various benefits from, from taking it via supplement? Well, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D, I'm sorry, magnesium and vitamin D. Ironically enough, are probably your two most important supplements because when you're low in those two things, nothing can compensate for them other than those things. Let's say uh, as much as I love vitamin C, if you take a large amount of other antioxidants and no vitamin C, you'll partially compensate for that antioxidant deficiency. Nothing compensates for a magnesium deficiency. Nothing compensates for a vitamin C, de vitamin D deficiency. Now, the primary reason that magnesium does such good is because calcium does such bad. Mm. I wrote a book called death by calcium. Okay. If any of your viewers want to uh, send me an email, I'll give you a free ebook on it. But the point is, is calcium along with iron and copper, what I call the three toxic nutrients. You absolutely need them for life in very limited amounts. Above those amounts, they're the basic requirements for death. Okay. There's no, no single entities that I know of except for calcium and iron that are so strongly cancer-causing and carcinogenic. Okay. But due to a large amount of brainwashing from the dairy industry, uh, people think excess dairy is wonderful. They think calcium supplementation is wonderful. They think antacids, which contain huge amounts of calcium carbonate, are wonderful. And this is a primary reason why so many people get sick and stay sick. Now, magnesium is just the opposite of calcium. As, calcium, as magnesium goes up, calcium goes down. So your primary regulator for getting calcium levels normal in your body is keeping your levels of magnesium up. And this is so significant because 100% of diseases, 100% have increased intracellular oxidative stress. This is always, always caused by and associated with increased levels of calcium. And the higher the calcium level gets, the higher the oxidative stress gets, the sicker the cell gets, and the greater the chance the cell is going to uh, evolve into a cancerous transformation. Okay. Magnesium though, pulls the calcium out. And at the same time as pulling the calcium out, it's facilitating the uptake of vitamin C uh, and allowing then the synthesis of glutathione inside the cell. So uh, nothing more important than normalizing the magnesium status inside your body with proper supplementation and because of the effect that it has on calcium as well. And so many other areas of the body, the vitamin D is important too. 
I love that you touched on that normalizing of calcium because it drives me crazy when I'm working with someone and their physician uh, has prescribed calcium supplements for osteoporosis or for, you know, just elderly patients. And it's and so is backwards. There, is there a deficiency of, bone, of calcium and osteoporotic bones? Yes, but that's not the pathology. No. But at the, sa- at the same time, there's a deficiency in the bones, there's an excess throughout the rest of the body. So you don't have a global deficiency of calcium. You have a focal deficiency, which is not treated by calcium, but worsened by calcium. It's kind of like burning wood and the smoke is the calcium. Okay, you can't put the smoke back into the wood, but you do lose the smoke. Yep, yeah, more calcium just makes things worse, but they're missing what I consider the five or six nutrients you need to utilize calcium. And you named two of them, magnesium, vitamin D3, but I would add to that list vitamin K2, boron, and silica, uh, and sometimes even phosphorus. These are some other trace elements. And then K, vitamin K2 working synergistically with D3 and magnesium to really facilitate the uptake and utilization of calcium in the bones, as well as making sure that it's not calcifying your arteries and other parts of your body. So it's highly, highly important. And so I'm curious to hear your favorite form or forms of magnesium uh, that you use personally or that you recommend to people. There are many good forms. I'm not going to say there's just one good form. All right. Magnesium glycinate and you need the glycine. Uh, Magnesium sulfate is used a lot of IV applications. Magnesium... uh, escapes me. But the simplest and the best, in my opinion, and I'll tell you why, and the cheapest, actually, is magnesium chloride. So much when we supplement, all we do is cation supplement. All we do is look at the positive ion in the supplement, and we pretend that the negative anion doesn't even exist. Well, guess what? In cell studies, magnesium chloride suppresses viral replication and magnesium sulfate increases viral replication. So it's always important to, as best you can, the information is not always available or readily available, as best you can explore independently the chemical and clinical properties of the anion as well as the cation because magnesium chloride is not magnesium sulfate, is not uh, magnesium glycinate, uh, it's, it's not uh, any of those, okay, it's different. And for example, and this is, was in the magnesium book some time back, it's kind of hard to believe, but it's true and it happened. Uh, there's a study way back when that showed how vitamin C intravenously, intramuscularly, orally cured 60 out of 60 cases of polio in 1938 with Dr. Frederick Klinner. Well, there's a bunch of French physicians about a century ago going through their own polio epidemic and they cured polio. Yes, I use the word cured. They cured polio solely with oral magnesium chloride. Not only were they able to rapidly cure acute polio with magnesium chloride, they also started a number of patients that had already had their polio for several months and had some degree of paralysis of a limb or two, and it was able to resolve the paralysis as well. So magnesium is wonderful regardless of its anion, but don't lose the opportunity to optimize the impact of a supplement by intelligently evaluating what the anion does as well as the cation. And you know, it shouldn't be surprising too. We, uh, what has your grandmother or your mother told you since you were little and you start getting a little sore throat? Well, get a little salt water and gargle with it. Sodium chloride. It's not the sodium that's doing it, it's the chloride. Mm, fascinating. And magnesium chloride is usually sold for topical application. Is that correct? Like in magnesium sprays? I don't see it as often for oral administration. It's, uh, well, it, it's more common than the other, but it's perfectly fine orally. They make magnesium chloride capsules. Uh, the Epsom salts, I believe, is magnesium chloride flakes that you soak in. Yep. Uh, magnesium oil, that's sort of a 
bad way to put it because it's not an oil, but all it is is concentrated magnesium chloride in water. It's just that when it gets concentrated enough, it gets a greasy, oily-like feel. So they, but it's nothing. There's no oil in it. There's just magnesium chloride and water. So, uh, so yeah, all those forms are good. Uh, but, uh, and I mean, uh, magnesium chloride can be given intravenously too, just like magnesium sulfate. And do you prefer it uh, one route or the other, whether it be orally taken or whether it be applied to the skin topically with the magnesium chloride? When you're dealing with some, well, most people are deficient. Mm-hmm. And they're deficient because you need a lot of it inside the cell, not just in the blood. Uh, Because of that, I like to tell people to never miss the opportunity or tell the physicians or or the docs, the caregivers, never miss the opportunity, regardless of what you're treating intravenously with regardless of what what is in the IV, never miss the opportunity to add magnesium because just brief treatments with magnesium intravenously can have long standing positive impacts on morbidity and mortality. Uh, Very briefly, they had a couple studies where they were looking at the effects of magnesium on the heart. They looked at coronary care unit patients. Anyway, two studies, basically they were the same thing for different periods of time. One study gave uh, patients a gram an hour in magnesium infusion for 24 hours. Another did a gram an hour for 36 hours. Humongous doses of magnesium by standard applications. Sure. But that was the only supplementation they did. And they followed these people up long-term. And even though they weren't advised any supplements, even though they weren't going to take more magnesium, anything like that, that one magnesium intervention for a day and a half intravenously lowered their all-cause mortality measurably five years later. Wow. So that's why you don't miss the opportunity. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. Well, Dr. Levy, this has been an absolutely incredible interview. I deeply appreciate you and your work. I've, Like I said, it's been very integral on my own path to helping others get well. And it's just such a service that you're doing for the world. And so I want to really honor you in, in saying, keep up the great work and thank you so much for all the information you've put out, everything you've shared today. And I want to end with uh, sharing where people could find more about your work. I will, of course, put the links to your free books as well as to your website in the show notes. But just for people listening in, uh, could you share with them the best way to read more of your work and learn more about you? Well, my website, which is peakenergy.com, uh, and uh, that has some other articles I've written. Uh, and if you just do a web search, there's a lot of YouTube videos, lectures I've given over the last 20 years that cover a lot of different subjects. And, you know, I'm a reader, but I'm finding more and more and more these days, people are much more watchers than they are readers. So uh, 15 years ago, somebody would write me an email and say, well, I've read all your books and blah, blah. Now I, now I get emails that I've watched all your videos. So, I mean, I, I can adjust with the types, no problem. Yeah. But I would, I would only want to close with, please, everybody listening and, and double is let the politicians in your life and the friends that know the bigger politicians, the big fish, know that if they're true honest politicians that care about the public, we've got the answer. We've got the answer now. And without going into detail, I think things are going to get a whole lot worse before they get better. So it's, it's not like we're close to out of the storm with all the vaccine side effects and uh, supposedly uh, new variants and everything else developing. People need to know that they have the treatments in their hands and they don't need to worry about going bankrupt at a hospital uh, in order to get something done. Well said. And I couldn't agree more. By all means, everyone implement this stuff into your life, into your loved one's life, but to really create systemic change, share it along with those that are in a position of influence, politicians and otherwise, to really create 
I mean, it's pretty. It's, it should be pretty hard to offend somebody by trying to give them something. I mean, we're we're not selling them anything. Yeah. We're no, just saying, no. take take five seconds of your time and and read the first ten pages. You know, or five minutes of your time and read the first ten pages. And if it's got your interest, give it a little more time. That's the thing, Doctor Levy. You don't make a dollar off any of this stuff, so you're really just doing it out of the goodness of your heart to help humanity, and that's what I love so much. So, uh, thank you again. I will be sure to link up everything in the show notes for people listening in, everything from the hydrogen peroxide uh, and nebulizer to, you know, the supplements we talked about, like the liposome of vitamin C uh, and other things that we discussed, as well as all the resources for Dr. Thomas Levy's work. So thanks again, Dr. Levy. It's been a pleasure. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can find the show notes and resources we discussed at ryankennedyshow.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Much love, everyone.